it smells like shit, you are in the right place. You are listening to the Prodwackers, hosted by David and Craig. Enjoy. Hey, man. How's it going? Good. How are you this morning? Oh, man. I've been up since 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm fantastic. Oh, jeez. That means you're going to be napping here in about an hour, hour and a half after we get wrapped up and you get something to eat. Nah, no way, dude. You think my son will let me nap? <laughs> yeah, probably not. Until he's ready to nap later this afternoon anyways. That's when I might catch one. But yeah, I was uh, I was trying to sleep. You know, like, and I just, I was all over the place. Like, I kept waking up. My leg was itching like crazy for some reason. And it just kept waking me up. And then I kept rolling around and... And I was waking my son up because he came in our room and he was tossing and turning. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get out of bed. So I went downstairs. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was looking around. I'm like, should I lay on the couch and try and sleep? If I do, I'll probably not wake up to do the podcast. So I'll just go chop up some audio and screw around on my computer for an hour. Yeah, it's funny you say that, that you uh, woke up itching because I was doing some outside work a couple of days ago and apparently, and I have no idea where because we're not close to any wooded areas in our neighborhood, but I somehow managed to pick up some poison ivy. So <laughs> I'm highly allergic, but I have this small spot that I've been resisting the urge to scratch for two days and it's just driving me fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, that poison ivy sucks. I don't, I don't really get it. And I honestly don't know why my leg was itching. Um, I was going to ask my wife, she washed all our sheets yesterday. I don't know if she changed like detergents or something. And maybe that's what was causing my leg to itch. I'm not sure. But like, I couldn't stop scratching my leg. And then, you know, of course you start like hearing things and like you start falling asleep and having weird dreams and they wake you right back up. And I just was not like sleeping well at all last night. I don't know. I drank a lot of coffee yesterday, so maybe it was caffeine (laughs) overload and still running through my veins. And then I'm gonna crash here really hard soon. Yeah. Although I, I did, uh, I did pick up this coffee from this place uh, in Maslin, uh, Tremont Coffee. Mm-hmm. I shouted them out on Instagram yesterday. Uh, that stuff's really good, man. That's what I got going on right now. It's delicious, Erie yeah. Street blend. Yeah, I, I I really need to hit up some more of the the local coffee blends because. There's a guy I work with that he's really big on and going to Acne up there mm-hmm. um, in Akron. And he, he's always telling me about some of the local stuff that he's getting, that some of the local roasters around here. So. Oh, yeah, there's quite a few. Well, well, speaking of which, we'll get into it later, but uh, we decided to, to throw a little segment in on our Saturday shows where we're going to kind of highlight our favorite business in the area or a local business that we really enjoy their product, whether it's a restaurant or something else. And I think the uh, local coffee scene will hit that spot at some point. Um, mm-hmm. There's quite a few. There's a few up in Cleveland I've had that are really good, but you know we'll save that for later. But yeah, they're they're really good. Yeah, looking forward to that that segment definitely. Yeah. So um, I had this interesting uh, chain of events go on with my uh, my refrigerator. So we moved into a new house last year, and it had this all black kitchen. So like all the appliances are black except for my fridge. It was, it was white 
but it was also really old and it I'm pretty sure wasn't keeping food at a food safe temperature at all. And so uh, we decided to to swap it out for another one. And where the fridge is at, there, there was like this custom cabinet built around it. And it's built to, of course, just slightly shorter than standard spec for a refrigerator. So I was tasked with picking out a fridge. So I do. And I had a couple options. And one of which was cutting the shelf out of this cabinet would then free up enough room. And you could leave the cabinet door on. And when you do that, you could just use the top of the refrigerator as a shelf and just forego the actual shelf. You don't even need it. Mm -hmm. Or don't mod the cabinet and just buy a fridge that fits and or have a custom cabinet maker come out and modify it and like modify the doors and everything to make it work how it's supposed to. Right. They wanted like 500 bucks to mod my cabinet. I'm like, no way. No way in hell am I paying that. So then this was when I had to do, I was in the middle of my uh, mulching and all this yard work plus regular work, you know, plus just life stuff. So I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm just getting one that fits. So I order this fridge from Lowe's um, and get this fridge and uh, it's really nice. It's 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 really modern looking um, stainless black and it, and it fits perfectly in there. It, but it's it's smaller than the space, so there's a, a huge gap around the whole thing. And my wife instantly is looking at this thing like, no way in hell are we keeping this refrigerator. <laughs> and I'm like, god damn it. So her dad comes over. He chops out the shelf. So call those up. Going to do a swap on the refrigerator. Get a bigger fridge. It's four cubic feet bigger. Holy cow. Guess which one was cheaper? Probably the bigger fridge. Yeah, by three hundred dollars. Was it made out of the same material? Was it still yeah, the black? It's the exact, exact same like, brand. It's the exact same refrigerator, just bigger. What the hell? Yeah, there's nothing fancy. I got a fridge that has no ice maker, no water dispenser, nothing fancy about it. It's just a refrigerator. We have well water. We don't use that stuff. We filter our water <laughs> elsewhere. I don't make ice in my 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 freezer. I. Just, I just need just a fridge. Keep it cold. That's all I need. Yeah. $300 so you, cheaper. That, that's crazy. Pro, well, first of all, if you don't, it's probably a good idea not to use your well water to make the ice cubes in your fridge because we lived at a place once where it had well water. And um, even though we were running red. through a softener and a filter system in the basement for the whole house, mm-hmm. the water still had a hint of the sulfur smell in it. So <laughs> when, you, when you made ice cubes in the, in the ice maker – your drinks always smelled like Bigfoot's dick. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. Dude, those things are nasty. Uh, yeah, I've had well water at my last two places, and it it does. Every once in a while, it gets a, just this off-putting smell. And mm-hmm. it's always concerning when you're taking a shower, and all of a sudden it just like smells like fart. <laughs> Speaking of That's which. That's exactly what it smells like, too. Rotten eggs. So the other day I was in the shower and uh and I just busted the biggest fart of all time. Dude, I don't know what it is. I think it might be the hot water, but it just made it smell like ten times worse than usual. Yeah, it's funny that you mention that because that's a phenomenon that I've always wondered why. <laughs> You're in the shower, 
You're getting cleaned up, scrubbing up with body soap, whatever, which smells really good. But when you cut <laughs> one rip, every single one, I don't know if it's the humidity that captures the smell. Oh, but I don't know. It just sticks to you. <laughs> yeah. Not, not even if you can, not even the fact that they smell absolutely horrible, but the humidity grabs that smell and you can, sometimes you can taste it, which makes you want to throw up. <laughs> it's just so bad. Oh yeah, man. Like I was, I was just like ready to gag and like, then you're kind of curious, like, you know, you're all lathered up in soap and then you just like bust ass and then you just wonder, did you just make bubbles? <laughs> <laughs> and then some. Yeah. Well, at least you're in the showers and you just clean off right there. I, mean, I guess it's efficient. But yeah, so anyway, that was uh that was an experience, let me tell you what. Uh, yeah. I, I was thinking that when you had all the trouble with your computer and you had to to do your restore that the story on your fridge was gonna go you, you bought one of the fancy fridges with Wi Fi and a camera and all this <laughs> good stuff and then you picked up a virus from your fridge that fucked up your laptop. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. No, no. That was just me running beta software and fucking up my whole machine so i always go against conventional wisdom and install betas on my personal i don't know production if you will machine my main machine you Mm -hmm. know i'm running a beta on my main phone i'm running it on my main computer (laughs) i'm an idiot i don't know that was actually the first time i've been bitten by it what actually happened was like iMessage just completely hosed up on my mac and it wouldn't launch on my mac at all and it was really pissing me off, so I restored it back to the day before, and suddenly it worked fine. Yeah, it's weird. You just probably picked up something subtle that, that it didn't agree with. But, I mean, kudos to Apple for letting them ha- have a beta release program. I I, know, I think Microsoft does on their products, too, but mm-hmm. any, anybody that goes out and, and grabs a Microsoft beta without anticipating the worst yeah you might Mm. as well just go out and lay down and let a fucking gas truck run over you to be completely honest yeah there's no way in hell i'd be running a microsoft beta on my main machine um you know i've run several apple betas in the past and yeah i mean you're risking it for sure but i knew i had time machine backups so i could go back and restore if it was really that bad i still might go back and restore it to uh back to high sierra just so that way I can run some of the stuff out of uh, our podcast setup that I've lost in the in the great migration. I've had to do a lot of workarounds to get things to work. It's kind of a pain in the butt. Anyhow, um, I wanted to, to talk to you about this. Did you see this whole uh, Baker Mayfield versus Colin Cowherd? Uh, <laughs> their, their little throwdown they had on his show on The Herd? I did, and um, I haven't listened to the whole entire interview, but I listened to some of it, and it, it is really good. And I actually made a comment a few days ago when um, Baker Mayfield was going to go on Undisputed with Skip Bayless and, and Sharp, and mm-hmm. I I didn't get to listen to any of that audio, but I mean he was really he was really ribbon coward on there too. And I actually just put out a. a Twitter posted that was hashtag CalTurd. <laughs> I don't think CalTurd is trending too much right now, but it's all good stuff. Yeah, I can't imagine many people are hashtagging CalTurds on a regular basis, but yeah, um, <clears throat> I listened to the whole audio this morning because you know it was up at three o'clock. I had nothing else to do, but it was it was uh it was pretty good. 
most of it's kind of boring, but um, I cut up a few pieces. Um, so I'm going to play a few here. So here's, here's the first one. This is right when Baker Mayfield walks onto the set. Okay. Let's bring him on. Baker Mayfield. Look at this. He's got a, he's got a support group. Oh, I got something for you. Quoted by you, right? Undraftable. That is great. Yeah. By the way, do I get one of those? Uh, I think we left something in your dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he left in there. I know what I would have left in there for that guy. Cause I, I don't like that guy. I think he's a dick. <laughs> oh, man. Probably just crop dusted all over that joint. Yeah. Um, I'd have lifted up the uh, couch cushions in the green room, left them a little surprise. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so I guess his shirt says undraftable. Baker's shirt does. And it's got this mm-hmm. nice print on it because that's what Colin said about him. And so he wore that onto the set. And that's what they're going back and forth over, which I thought, oh, that's a great way to start the interview. Um, right. I, I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I thought that uh, I like that attitude, honestly. I do too. I mean, number one, I, Colin has been a pretty big critic of him getting drafted. Number one, I mean, a lot of people have. In the that comparison, might be fair. That, that might be fair at the end of the day, but still, go on. Yeah, right. But I mean, kudos to him uh, being Mayfield for going on the show and and confronting him head on. <laughs> you know, there's no fear there. You're going on a nationally televised talk show. And oh, oh yeah, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna get ripped up a little bit, and he just comes right out of the gate and says, "Hey, I made something for you. Check this out." <laughs> That's what I like because it, what it shows to me is that he's confident in himself, and that he has no fear, and that the moment doesn't get too big for him. Whether mm-hmm. that translates to the NFL, I have no idea, but I loved that. I loved every second of that. Like, hey man, you're gonna talk so much shit about me. I'm gonna come on here and just like I'm just gonna rub it right in your face. Like say mm-hmm. say it to my face then. If you got something to say, say it to my face. And yeah. he didn't back down one bit. I thought that was great. I did too. I mean and it's we made it known that I wasn't the biggest Browns fan in the world when we first started doing these recordings and stuff and whatnot, but you know, his attitude I definitely like. So I'm I'm actually a little excited to see how the season's gonna start out with him. And you know, we probably won't see him regular season much early on what well, just depends everybody's like guys we got to sit these rookies the first year you know they have to learn blah 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 but mm-hmm. I, i've said all along well more than likely the way things go for cleveland and just just from history we'll see him by week six <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i sure hope not i i really do think we're going to be in a different spot um you know this year overall i think that you know in the past our our teams were just so bad but i feel like on paper we have a pretty solid solid group of guys and baker says that in this interview um colin kind of rips him one and says hey man uh you know the browns they're pretty dysfunctional and he's like no they're not he said you know i've i've met with all these guys and um, none of them are dysfunctional and, and then, uh, you know, Colin says, well, you know, the team wasn't very good. He's like, what do you mean? The team's not good. He's like, we have a, a very talented roster. And, and Colin says, it's just a roster of guys. And he goes, every football team is just a roster of guys. 
Exactly. He's exactly right. And, uh, and, and Colin did make a good counterpoint where he said, yeah, but like guys on new England have proved that they can do it, which is fair. That's fair. But at the same time, every season's different and that's why you play the games. So, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of actually lean towards what Baker's saying in this case is, uh, every team is just a roster of guys. You could have the most talented roster in the world and they come out and play like shit. I mean, look at the Cleveland Indians last year. We got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. We were in the World Series the year before. Team virtually unchanged. Right. It's just... Gotta play the games. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like playing chess. It's mm-hmm. it's where the pieces fall, and it's who's moving those pieces. Bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I got some more clips here, so check out this one. So when I said, get them on the show... Um, so I, I, you know, obviously you hear some of the stuff cause you know, the internet, everything, I hear everything, you hear everything. You did seem to kind of think it was funny. Did it, did it make you, it, was there a moment that it inspired you, pissed you off when you hear all the stuff, Baker, first thought when you hear me, just blah, 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 that you really don't know me at all. Um, I think you hear the big headlines, which is, you know, what people get paid to do is write whatever to grab people's attention. Yeah. So there's no digging. There's no actual research to it. Um, it. It was kind of funny to see some of the stuff, not just by you, but by a lot of people. Right. Yeah. So there he goes. He's talking about, you know, how he feels hearing everyone talk shit about him, basically. And, uh, you know, he's he says, you, you guys don't know me. You're just making shit up and you just spew it out there and, and see what's, you know, fling it out there and see what sticks. Um so that was kind of interesting. He has a very good point. Uh, I didn't personally know a whole lot about the guy other than he planted the flag in the center of the, <laughs> the Ohio State logo after they beat the Buckeyes. So, right. um, you know, I I admire I admire his attitude for sure. I'm not sure if he'll pan out. I wasn't really thrilled they took him number one, honestly. Uh, but uh, I got to like, like the attitude. I got to like... Uh, the way the Browns organization restructured with Dorsey at the top. He seems to know how to build a team. He seems to understand that uh, Baker needs to sit and that he could develop into a really good talent but put somebody else in front of him, this being Tyrod Taylor. And I I think the Browns are finally, hopefully, fingers crossed, setting themselves up to build their organization rather than continually tear it down and start over. Right. And... Colin is talking out of both sides of his mouth and we may get to this audio and some of the clips he put together, but mm-hmm. he keeps, you know, he, he makes comparison to other quarterbacks and says, you're not going to be good as this guy, not going to be as good as that guy. Mm-hmm. But just in a real uh, quick response to one of the questions, he says, well, you're a franchise quarterback. So in his mind, he's saying that he's is the future of the team, but yet he has all these negative sides to it and yeah I, I i watch a fair amount of college football and I've, I've seen some of the antics that he's done and and that's what the media focuses on they they always focus on the negative it doesn't matter if it's sports doesn't matter if it's politics the economy yeah that's what drives the views that's what drives the views that's what drives the clicks mm-hmm. and, it, and it's not fair especially to a guy like him because they only focus on those negative things they'll they'll they focus on the game. I don't remember what team he was playing. He grabbed his junk <laughs> and, you know, shouting at him profanities, whatever. I wish it was mic'd up like Terry Collins, and it might come <laughs> out someday. But, <laughs> yeah. And that you have him planting the flag at Ohio State, which, you know, obviously you're 
coming to an Ohio team, so there's going to be a fair amount of Ohio State following here, and everybody's all butthurt about that. But you know, whatever big deal. He came in, he beat us. He he beat us fair and square. I don't agree with him going out planting the flag in the middle of the field, but it shows that he does he he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that, and not because it was against Ohio State. Because honestly, I don't really give two shits about Ohio State. Um, it was more or less like the uh, the unwritten rules of the game and, and sportsmanship, right? Like you're always taught as a kid, like to be a good sport when you lose, shake their hand, congratulate them, move on. And I'm a big proponent in that. And growing up, the Browns were gone during basically the heyday of when I was, you know, a kid as in, and foot and during, you know, when I, my football fandom was forming, I should say. And mm-hmm. so I kind of migrated to watching the lions because my best friend turned me on to Barry Sanders and uh you know he he kind of had a speech impediment called him buried sandals but <laughs> that's neither here nor there anyway so I got used to watching Barry and Barry just he, he was a pro man he would he scored touchdown he had the ball to the ref move on he could have just done like the most amazing 80 yard touchdown run with you know 40 jukes and avoided tackles and acted like he just he'd been there before so, uh, that's kind of the thing I like. I mean, yeah, watching Baker do that stuff, it's exciting. It's fun to watch. It's entertainment. And at the end of the day, we're all about entertainment. So I don't really care, but I would prefer that my star quarterbacks not planting flags in the middle of enemy territory, but you mm-hmm. know. Well, I think one thing that they, they don't allude to much anymore from his college days and one of the biggest negative things that was put out about him and this actually happened was there was video footage of him on campus in Oklahoma um I think he was out with his buddies late at night I mean college kids they'd go out drink party whatever and then Mm -hmm. there was an altercation and he was mouthing off to a couple cops I don't know if they were campus police or actual you know police for that area yeah we have a little audio about that you want to take oh nice but I don't. I, mean, I don't know how deep they get. He's booked and taken to the ground and arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll play what they talk about. I, I don't know that they go into a ton of detail in the video, but they do talk about it. So here, take a listen. <laughs> okay. All right. We got to get to the other one because, and I the other guy showed it too. And I don't think I'm being a jerk. What is it? I have a general rule. Don't like my quarterback showing up on police video. Don't love this. That's Ex- what you said I was undraftable for. So let's watch it. That's why I don't like yeah. this. I, this doesn't do it for me. So yeah. what are you doing? I was not in trouble. Then the state of mind that I was in, which shouldn't have happened, um, they started asking me questions. I watched somebody get just absolutely socked right in the face. Okay. And so I was answering questions. So you it. were in an area where something bad happened. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Was never directly in trouble, but then when they were asking me questions, uh, for some reason, I thought I was in trouble and uh, decided to try i wouldn't say it's a runaway because that's not real good speed right there um but when you look at that now are you embarrassed are you mad absolutely there's so much regret about that because if i didn't run there would have been nobody cares no ever you wouldn't have said that i was undraftable and then nobody would probably have been questioning me about being uh the next drop out of football so there's a lot of regret to it but at the same time that was a rude awakening to responsibility and accountability for me that a lesson that was harshly learned yeah i could have learned it over time but 
that was just very eye-opening for me. By the way, that's the best answer you've given me in 10 minutes, by far. Embarrassed, learned a lot, that's what I want to hear. I'm a general manager. That's, ex- that's the best 30 seconds in your interview right there. That's what grown-ups say. Yeah, I appreciate that. makes that. me like you more. That's like, okay. if you now, come we're, out- now we're moving somewhere. <laughs> you and I are not moving anywhere. Oh, You're going to go be a starting quarterback, and I'm going to be a radio idiot. Okay, we, we've got our own lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he talks about that video. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, you know, like you get in trouble for something, you're a stupid kid. I did stupid things when I was a kid. Um, you know, I mean, you just do, you're, you're a young kid and then you, you hand these young kids, uh, you know, the keys to the kingdom, if you will, they go to the NFL draft, you know, they make a ton of money. So it's one of those things where you definitely have to be aware of their character and hope that that was a one-off incident, but yeah, his, his response there was perfect. I don't know if it was crafted for him. It sounds genuine to me. Um, Mm -hmm. usually like whenever Manziel would speak, like my BS meter was raging. So, um, you know, in this case, I trust exactly what he was saying and I believe every word that was coming out of his mouth. So, um, again, I don't know if that's going to translate to anything in the NFL. I mean, he's got to prove it on the field. Right. But, um, just from, from listening to him talk, he sounds like a leader. He sounds like a guy who can be held accountable for his actions. He sounds mm-hmm. like somebody I would want to go to battle with. Um, I, I, so I can see why the Browns valued that and and felt that his intangibles outweighed his physical stats and that it should translate to wins in the NFL. Right. I mean – yeah, that, that's the bottom line. As long as he can prove to be a good teammate, be honest with everybody that's around him. And, you know, one of the biggest um, proponents of playing football, especially at the quarterback position, is having an offensive line that that believes in you, believes in your ability, and wants to protect you out on the field. Because if they don't like you, you do stupid shit. <laughs> you, you don't give them the kudos that they deserve. Oh yeah, they're gonna let guys. They're gonna let guys burn them all day because they know you're gonna get fucking annihilated. Yep, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed that. I thought I thought that was good. Um, but the clip that happened right before they start talking about that video is probably the clip that's been passed around the internet the most. And this is this was my favorite part of the interview. I think many others and. A lot of Browns fans on social media were going crazy over this, and I kind of think rightfully so. Take a listen. You're playing Ohio State. I watched every snap. You were, you know, gloriously talented guy, right? And then I see this play right here. Now watch this, Baker. And you throw a touchdown, and instead of – now I don't like this. I'm going to tell you right now. How come you're not – what? Where are you going? Where are you going over there? Our band is over there. Our student section's right there. And then straight back to our sideline. What about your team? Did you watch the rest of the game? I watched the whole game. You did? So you saw me celebrate with my teammates like the three touchdowns before that too? I don't like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. You pulled the one clip of me running right there to our fans and people that traveled well to that game, first of all. And then you didn't show the rest of the clip of me going to our sideline? No, no, no. You go, well, you no, have to go to the sideline. You You're not going to go to you a didn't. hospital. Well, where are you going to go after the touchdown? You're not going to go. Well, you're after- acting like I just ran away from everybody. Well, you did, but then you came back and circled to the sideline. This is a, a five-second clip of you showing me, and then I'm off the screen right there. I'd like you to be with your teammates. I'd watch the rest of the game, I was. All right. Oh, I know you went back to the sideline. No, no, no. I'm, go Watch the other touchdowns. I got very excited on that one. 
So you think my accusation that this doesn't this isn't the fact great. That I feel like you're going for the fact that I'm not a team guy. I'm selfish. Is that what you're shooting at right here or what? Um it is a No, I don't think that. I think you I think sometimes your judgments just a tad off and I think the NFL's a judgment league cuz the the game is so fast. Mm-hmm. You have to make the windows get really really tight and really really small. You got to make decisions really really fast. In college you got that Orlando Brown guy, got a little yeah. more time. I don't love that decision. I don't love it. The celebration? Do you I, see what people do in the league now? Celebration wise? Hip thrusting, not a fan. <laughs> not a big fan of hip thrusting. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like when Antonio Brown's doing that stuff. I'm not into it. You know what? Well, can, have you, do you have your celebration? Uh, no, I have nothing. I have nothing. You're just going to give the ball to I, Apparently, I think I need to just run away. <laughs> so uh, so that, that's Baker kind of justifying his, <laughs> his celebration there. Um, and so what happens is he throws a touchdown pass, and then he takes off running basically away from where the touchdown celebration is happening and over towards the fans in the stands. And so Colin is making the point that he doesn't like that. He thinks you should celebrate with your team. And Baker doesn't really take too kindly to that and fires right back at him. And, you know, I loved that clip. I thought it was hilarious. And mm-hmm. and I don't see what the big deal is. I really don't. Yeah. No, and he was spot on. He he was like, well, first of all, I love the fact that he called him out about watching the entire game. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't. He, he called him out on it, and he had no, he had no good response to the other touchdowns. He he didn't know. He all he knew was the the intern that works on his show pulled this clip. That's what happened. That's what everybody's focused on on every other show. Look at this guy. Doesn't give a shit about his team, and that's the point that the media side is trying to make of him and he called him out on it right on a show which was awesome oh yeah it was great um you know he just that's exactly right he's like you know hey you've seen this clip but did you actually watch the game do you know what happened did you see the other times that we scored and you're picking the one time that i did this Mm -hmm. um which isn't even bad that that's what was interesting to me you know it it was just funny. Um, I, I loved that. I loved that he wouldn't back down, that he'd call him on his shit. And, you know, I hope that he does that to future Browns teammates, you know, as he does become the starter. Don't be afraid to call your teammates out on their shit. Right. And Repent, the, now. Yeah, I love Repent now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he goes on the Alex Jones show someday. That might be a good interview. Oh, could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you love your the, father uh, the devil. The thing that I love the most about that clip is he calls out the celebrations that they're doing today in the league, and they actually passed a, a a rule allowing them to do these obnoxious celebrations because they knew. I, I don't want to go down this tangent. We we know ratings were slipping, things were happening. Mm-hmm. You know. On the politi- on the political side of football. Oh yeah, yeah, the kneeling stuff. Yep. So they want to throw rules out to try to keep people interested, but it, it's so fucking retarded and it's so far from the actual play of the game. And, and Baker kind of called it out there. He's like, "Do you see the celebrations they're doing today? You got Zeke Elliott jumping in a Salvation Army cut. <laughs> he got fined for that, but then he's like, "That's fine. I hope that my fine goes to Salvation Army as a donation." Yeah. So that was kind of kind of a cool response. And then you got all these other retards doing all these choreographed bullshit other than playing the game. It's just stupid. Yeah. I yeah. I, I don't really care. Uh, either way, right? 
Like, I don't care if you celebrate. It's entertaining. I don't care if you don't celebrate. I just care that the NFL is trying to legislate fun. Yeah. I I don't like that to me. It's like, you know, it's one thing to have rules about, like, going up to other players, like, on other teams and getting in their face and, like, you know, taunting them and stuff like that. That's not cool. But if you're just celebrating with your teammates and, like, doing, like, the T.O. Sharpie thing or the Hall of Fame jacket thing, like, that's funny. I don't care. I mean, it's creative. It's silly. It's goofy. It adds an element of lightheartedness to the game. At the end of the day, it's just sports. It means nothing. Like, if really bad things are happening in your life, one of the first things you're cutting out is sports. Like, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. It's it's next to completely unimportant, yet people value it so highly I don't understand it. And I love that Colin called out the uh, Antonio Brown celebrations and the hip thrusting. He said he absolutely did not like that and this and that, but I think he was uh, playing off his homoerotic tendencies. I imagine that Colin had a nice big boner every time he sees that. Little, little homoerotic gang of mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his homoerotic mustaches. That's right. That's right. Not gay no more. I am delivered. I don't like men no more. Not gay no wait, more. I know your mustache is cool. <laughs> Can you like shut up? <laughs> oh, that's what I wish Baker would have just said. Oh uh, Can God. you just like shut up? Yeah. Hey, I'm Colin. Shut up and yeah. wipe me. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, I, I typically like Colin's show, honestly, but that he gets a little nitpicky on people like that. And I know it's just for ratings and kind of something he's supposed to do, but at the same time, it is kind of annoying. Yeah. Nothing's going to change. The media is is going to continue to focus on every negative, you know, thing they can possibly pick apart of these guys and and try to paint the picture that they want to paint. At the end of the day, I, I just hope. I hope at the end of the day, when Baker's playing, he's starting that he he keeps that he keeps that same mentality moving forward. Yeah, I, I think I think if he can prove that he was the right pick at number one and some of the other guys that went after him, you know, weren't then, you know, it's all for naught at that point. He's money. He's, they've invested well in him and, you know, and I, to speak of attitudes in the draft, I mean, go back and think about some of the stuff that Josh Rosen said. He's like, I think they made nine other mistakes ahead of me. I like that attitude too. (laughs) So yeah, I agree. Ends out. That's right. Oh, my wiener. Yeah, I, I'm just glad that uh, that we have him on our team. I think he's going to be fun to watch. So I'm excited. I can't wait to kind of see him in the next. I want to see him in about a year and a half, two years from now. Is probably when I'd like to see him on the field and see see what he's got. Unless Tyrod comes out and just lights it up, then Baker who? Hmm. I don't think that'll happen. I mean, Tyrod's yeah. a good quarterback. He took the Bills to playoffs, but. I don't know. He's we'll got see. a pretty good receiving core to work with, so anything could happen. You know, well, I mean, got to play the games, I guess. We'll see what happens. Now we have some talent on, on offense. I mean, I like 
like he said, you know, Baker was saying, you know, on paper, their roster is very talented. And I mean, you've got Duke Johnson, you've got uh, Josh Gordon, you've got Jarvis Landry, uh, Carlos Hyde. I mean, you've got a pretty solid set of playmakers now that you did not have last year. Right. And even behind Carlos Hyde, you've got Nick Chubb. So, I mean, that guy has a lot to offer, too. And surprised that he was still around for the Browns to take. Yeah, right. And, you know, the thing that I think is kind of going under the radar here because of the last two seasons and the record is that Hugh Jackson is an offensive mind and supposedly is really good at scheming offensively. But when you have next to no talent on your roster, it's pretty hard to scheme. So um, I'll be really interested to see how it turns out now. Mm -hmm. And, And Todd Haley, for that matter. Right. So, I mean, they've put a lot of pieces in place, you know, from Dorsey to Haley to um, Jarvis Landry. You know, like they've put a lot of new pieces on this team that have shaped this roster that I feel like, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty optimistic on the team, honestly, which normally mm-hmm. I'm not. Like last year I thought they would win three games. They didn't win zero, you know, and uh, I thought three was pushing in it like, you know, it was over under two and a half and I was like, eh, they got to do three. Right. And they didn't. Um, but this year I'm kind of feeling them as a 500 team for some reason, which might be totally wrong. Uh, if they can turn around, I, I, I said this on Twitter, if I to one of the people I was responding to, if they can turn a, if they can do an about face and take an 0 16 season and go eight and eight, people in Cleveland are going to be beside themselves. I don't even know the last time they won eight games in a season, <laughs> let oh, alone play 500 ball. So, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be pretty cool. Um, I'm excited now. I haven't been excited for the Browns in several years, so I'll be really interested to see how it turns out for them. Um, right. Yeah. So, um, Along the same same lines here, talking sports still, um, the Cavs had their draft. Nothing exciting happened. I thought that something exciting would happen, but it turns out they just uh, drafted uh, Colin Sexton, number eight overall. Um, mm-hmm. I believe point guard out of Alabama. I don't know a whole lot about anything NBA draft. I don't really pay any attention to college basketball players. Um out of the out of the three sports, the NBA is my least favorite. I've said that several times. Um I'm just a fan basically because they're good and LeBron's on the team. So <laughs> that's I'll admit that one hundred percent. Uh I'll still always like keep tabs on the team even when LeBron's done and the Cavs suck again. You know, I'll always keep a little bit of tabs on them, but I don't follow it that closely. It's not my favorite. I don't follow many of the sports that closely anymore, honestly. So your so your automatic assumption is the guy who should be the MVP of the league, which doesn't get the MVP nod most of the time when he leaves Cleveland and Cavs automatically suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we saw it before, right? <laughs> We've been down this road. As soon yeah. as he leaves, suddenly we can't win 20 games in a season. Right. We know what to expect. Yeah. Um, admittedly, I don't know much about the the guy they drafted either i i went back and looked at some clips of some of his alabama games and mm-hmm. um just just to watch some of his play and they're definitely trying to fill the gap that Kyrie left there i don't think they ever filled that and interestingly enough it's supposed to be that but you know you see how that worked out well he's gonna wear the number two mm-hmm. 
thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. Uh, and and the weird thing about that is there's a lot of people that are all butter about him wearing two, and I don't understand why. I don't either. I mean, uh, I know Kyrie was like, I loved Kyrie. I still like Kyrie. I don't have a problem with him, even though he left and kind of forced his way out of Cleveland. Um, I don't know the details of why he did that. So until I actually know or feel like I know 100% why he chose that path and tried to force his hand and get out of here, he might have had a really valid reason. I, I honestly don't know. And um, just like myself personally, like if, if I don't like where I'm working, I want to be able to leave. And so I'm not going to have any ill will towards him. At the same time, like numbers are numbers. I think retiring jerseys is stupid or retiring numbers is stupid. I think you should retire a jersey or retire a player. Um, because it just seems dumb. Like, okay, this guy wore this number, and so now you can't wear it. I don't know. Seems kind of weird to me. Maybe it's a millennial thinking. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's kind of dumb. Like, I could see, you know, if you retired like their jersey to the rafter, and then someone could still wear the number. Like, who cares? It's just a number. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a respect thing, but I don't know. Seems kind of stupid. It is, and um. I'm pretty sure Larry Nance's jersey and number is retired to the rafters at DQ. It is. But he, he gave the organization the nod to let his son wear it, That's which right. I think is ultra cool. Yeah, it is cool. But at the same time, it doesn't matter. Like, none of that shit matters. It's unimportant stuff people focus on. Like, who cares? You're wasting energy on this crap. Like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Right. And I, I seen somebody make a comment of, you know, one of the Cleveland uh, sports fans Twitter pages, they were saying, well, if we're going to get all worked up about Kyrie wearing number two, and forgive Colin me for wearing not knowing who's number 19 on the Browns today, but they're like, if they can still use number 19 on the Browns, then Corey Coleman, what, I believe. Or are they bitching at in Cle- and on the Cavs organization? Or <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, let's say this. Kyrie won you a championship. Bernie got you a terrible song. I guess that's one way to put it. People are going to hate me for that, but (laughs) I mean, God, they didn't win shit with Bernie. They went to the playoffs. I mean, let's be real. They weren't even in the Super Bowl. So, you know what? Suck it. Hot take. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Bernie got a Super Bowl ring, though, but he got it on the bench in Dallas. So, (laughs) yeah. He, uh, he did, but you know what? Um, you know, Bernie was he was awesome for for us when he played for us and everything, and and that's that's great, and I, I appreciate that. But again, you didn't win a championship, and that's what matters, right? Like, you finished what third overall in the league or fourth overall in the league. You made it to the championship round and didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Right? Okay, great, great story. I mean, I don't care. It, it, you didn't break the curse, <laughs> you know. Uh, LeBron and Kyrie did. You know, the 2016 Cavs did. So I can see yeah. getting a little more butthurt over Kyrie than Bernie Kosar, to be honest with you. And I wouldn't retire Bernie's number either. I I mean, yeah, he, he was good for our franchise, but we've been mediocre at best up until that point. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the rest is history from 99 on. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I have mixed feelings on that. I feel like he's held in such a high regard just because they went to the championship rounds and, and everything. But like, you know, I grew up during the nineties Indians and I love those teams, but 
they didn't do it. They made it to the World Series. They still didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not retiring anybody's number. You guys didn't do shit. <laughs> you, you lost. You were, you know, the first place loser. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> like, let's be real. You were the first place loser. I mean, whatever. Good good story. We still didn't win. <laughs> like, I want to win. Yeah. I want to win championships is what I want to do. That's the whole point. You don't play to become, yep. you know, second place. Like, that's not what you play for. Yeah, it's exciting and it's fun to watch and it doesn't take away from the seasons and the excitement and, you know, all the things that they did during the year. I'm not taking that away from anybody. But what I am saying is the whole point of all of these sports is to win the championship at the end of the season. And if you don't do that, then your season sucked, in my opinion. Now, there are small wins and moral victories for franchises like the Browns where you come from 0-16 and then maybe you get to 8-8. and Okay, I'm celebrating that a little bit, but it still doesn't mean anything. I'm not retiring anyone's number over going eight and eight. You know what I mean? So, right. You know, it is what it is. Win the championship. Yeah. Kyrie did. Kyrie deserves his number retired up in the rafters Sunday. LeBron does too. Mm-hmm. And so does Kevin yeah. Love, frankly, and they all do. I mean, every one of those guys on that team. I mean, they were they were so fun to watch. Mozgov, Delhi. Like, we had a really fun, entertaining group of guys to watch. This year, when the bench went in, you were just like, oh, my God, kill me. Put me out of my misery. And poor LeBron had to play 48 minutes of every playoff game because his team sucked. Right. Well, But what's what's your opinion on all these guys now that are, are, are chirping in here and saying that yeah, LeBron is the greatest player in the world, but he's tarnishing his legacy chasing rings because he's dragging these subpar teams to the to the finals and, and not getting it done. His record's now three and eight. What's your take on that? You think he's tarnishing his legacy going for championships? I no. think it's a stupid observation because so like you stupid. said at the end of the day, the goal is to win it all. Yeah, he wants to win. I mean he would love to have six or more to beat Michael. But um you know the whole point is to win championships. And at this point in his career, he has literally nothing to prove except for win championships. That's the only thing that he can do anymore that does anything for him. And so I expect him to chase championships. And so if that means leaving Cleveland to do so, I totally understand why he's doing it. But I, you can't say that because he makes it to the finals and loses, like that tarnishes his legacy. The dude's been to how many in a row? What, eight? Eight. Okay, he's made it to eight finals in a row, and he's drugged teams there a couple times. The 2014 Cavs, they weren't supposed to win. They weren't supposed to make it out of the East, and they went to the finals. And then this year, same thing. Uh, you know, people people said the Cavs would win, but then when they saw him in the playoffs in the first round against the Pacers, started questioning whether or not we'd even make it out of the first round. He drugged that team to the finals. And, by the way, we should have won game one of the NBA finals against probably the all time greatest team ever. And, you know, and and who knows what would have happened after that. But no, I don't think, I think that's ridiculous. I dude, the guys made it to like a bazillion finals. He's obviously great enough. And then the rest comes down to your team. Right. And he, he's been there a few times where he hasn't had the team around him to, to do it and get it done. Uh, he gets the, the caps to the finals in 2014. Kyrie and Caleb are done. Like, okay, now what, uh, you know, he went there in 07 with the Cavs, and they had mm-hmm. nobody. What, Booby Gibson? That's your guy? <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. I got it. Delonte <laughs> you know, West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Delonte West. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
Can you, like, shut up? <laughs> you bring up a great point there. He, he's went to the finals eight seasons in a row, and he's literally drug teams to the finals. And not even the fact that he's went eight times in a row. I, I, I think I might have to do some homework and, and – Every time that LeBron has went to the finals, and I think we might need to uh, make a list of all the players that have been on all those finals teams to see exactly who he has drugged to the to the finals. We to should try do that. The title. Yeah, we <laughs> should do that because, quite frankly, when you're taking the likes of Daniel Booby Gibson and Delonte West and Matthew Dellavedova and Timofey Mozgov, and these are the guys that you're dragging with you, uh, right. you know, to the finals, and then you're actually being competitive. What more is there to say? Just because you lose to an all-time great Warriors team? I mean, I rest my case. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't know uh, what else you can say about that. Like, he's just, he's fantastic. And not to mention, along the way, on the ride to the finals, how many buzzer-beater game winners has he made <laughs> just the last, like, two or three seasons? It's just, the guy's fantastic. Like, you can't you can't deny it. Is he greater than Michael Jordan? I don't know. I've... He fucking cares, okay? He's fantastic. Enjoy him while he's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, t- I'm tired of that narrative. I, who, who gives a shit at the end of the day? You'll never like, know because they never played against each other. Exactly. <laughs> so, so shut the fuck that up. That is exactly the point. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who cares? Who cares? I can't so. I can't be too hateful of Delhi though. I mean, the guy literally got carried out of one of those games on a stretcher and had to be hospitalized for dehydration for the one game that he had. Maybe yes. he needs his jersey in the rafter in well, the queue. I miss him. I wish they would trade for him back, honestly. I think you need that kind of player on your team. I don't know how he's been doing in Milwaukee since he left. I honestly don't know, but uh I would lo- I loved him when he was on our team. He was just so scrappy and energetic and he brought the energy off the bench that we just don't have. And that's really what the Cavs need. If you could put a second unit together that could actually not bleed points to the other team, then you would actually be in really good shape. But eh, right. doesn't seem to happen for us. You let fucking uh, Sean Livingston go out there and uh, run around making, like, what, 100% of his shots. I know your mustache is cool! <laughs> uncontested 10 footers yeah. probably because are afraid of that mustache they don't want to get within the mustache zone <laughs> yeah, shoot. that dude looks like he's just going to go put out a like R&B soul album at any minute yeah it, to me it looks like one, the real skinny kid I don't know if you remember this cartoon from way back in the day but the fat Albert cartoon <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly right he looks like the one skinny kid in the uh <laughs> In the Fat Albert gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus Christ. We're going man. off the rails. Yeah, we went way off the rails on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 so the, one of the last things I wanted to get to was there's this uh, awesome story about a, a Chinese buffet in China. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this... Uh, this buffet actually it it shut down after two weeks of <laughs> of being open because people ate it out of business. <laughs> well, the reason they ate it out of business was because they offered a, a like a monthly fee to eat all you want for like twenty five dollars a month. Yes, yeah, yep. You paid a fee and then you got a membership card 
and then you can get it unlimited food. And uh, <laughs> in just two weeks, they got a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Jesus Christ! Can you imagine if some a restaurant in the states did that, where they say, "Hey, uh, pay us twenty five bucks a month, and you can come here and eat all you want"? Because I haven't been to some of these buffet restaurants forever, but from what I do recall, the last time I was at the Golden Corral, <laughs> some of the people that sit around that fucking place. I, I, I seriously think they've been sitting there for fucking four days. Oh, I know, dude. They haven't got up out of their seat, and they've been eating for four straight days, probably sitting in their own shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're uh, sticking their hand in the chocolate fountain. Right. Yeah, dude. Uh, stuff their fingers right out of the salad bar. I just don't know how you could eat that much food at this restaurant. Like, I would just have diarrhea constantly. Like, Chinese buffet food is the worst after you eat it, the MSG just takes over, and your insides just explode. But do you think they use MSG over there? This was in China. Probably. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's why they're eating so much because it's it's going out faster than it's going <laughs> in. It's like you're shoveling food in, and maybe that's a strategy for a new restaurant. Just all you can eat twenty five bucks a month. And at every table you have toilets that you just sit on. Yeah, it's sit a it's the weight loss program. Bare assed, shitting your brains out. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the uh, the Chinese weight loss method. You just eat so much Chinese food that your body can't physically keep it in, and you just shit it right back out. So it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like diarrhea bulimia. No. Check please. <laughs> yeah, it just and then and then it just unloads. <laughs> I gotta get that in every episode. Uh, probably the single greatest fart sound clip there there ever will be. Oh man, that's so good. <laughs> but speaking of food that doesn't give you diarrhea, so as part of our local spotlight here, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite places, and this is in downtown Canton, Ohio, and it's George's Lounge. They make some of the best burgers I've ever had. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna second that and say they could hands down be some of the best burgers in, in Northeast Ohio. I, I, they're my favorite actually. Out of every place you could go around here, I've been to a lot. Um, they make my favorite hamburger and i don't eat gluten and so i eat a lot of burgers without a bun and they're usually just rubbery pieces of meat and theirs is not it is delicious so your favorite burger from george's or favorite burger of all time I, i'm gonna say it has to be the big onesto because yes, that's sir. yes sir big onesto for the win now back in the day i did eat um i used to eat gluten and uh, the pretzel bun, mm -hmm. top notch. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And not to mention, they have a pretty superb selection of uh, drinks there too to go along with those burgers. Yeah, it's the place is awesome. And what's really cool, I mean, it's a dive bar, and you go inside, and it's just like it looks like you walked into like just a fifties lounge. Mm -hmm. And that has never been updated. So it's still got that 
like fifties vibe and it's kind of run down looking inside, but it, like it's the charm of the place. And I really right. like it. And, uh, and they also have like a little sound stage in there and they have music a lot and you know, you can check them out around first Friday and stuff. Oh, I will say this though. Big Onesto on a croissant. That's the winner. Oof. Yeah. God damn it. I'm sitting here salivating like a fucking dog sniffing his dog food right now. I know my stomach literally did just growl. <laughs> so, I want a big Onesto, but I want two fried eggs on that mother right now. Oh my God. Yeah. Sure. That, and, and their French fries are just amazing. They're, uh, they're like almost like carnival fries, you know, they're so good and so greasy, but delicious. It's, it's some mm-hmm. good stuff. Some good stuff. I was actually just there about a week or two ago. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm. I'm it's a little bit of a, of a drive for me to get over there, but I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to be getting over there here real soon because it, last time that I ate at George's was with you. Yeah, we met with the wives there and ate. So yeah, we need to do that again. And uh, you know, last time I was there, I was gonna take a picture of my food and send it to you, but I already ate it before I thought about it. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't send me a picture of the George's Lounge food the day after. I appreciate that. Well, you don't have to worry about <laughs> that. It's not like eating at the Chinese buffet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, no, you're absolutely right. I the vibe of that place is really cool. Yeah. I, I like the '50s vibe. I like that it's people would consider it a dive bar but i mean i think that's exactly what they're going for and the, oh, yeah. the, the random live music people just going up there basically open mic stuff is really cool so. yeah yeah it's really cool i love that place um it's really good milkshakes are good burgers are great fries are amazing uh it's good stuff so you know for people who haven't um, heard about it or you know or looking for somewhere new check that place out it's really good and i believe um their beef is all local and so Mm -hmm. they, they, they source all their ingredients locally and they use uh, real lard instead of like oils and stuff like that, that you'll find at other places, which, um, you know, for those of you stuck living under a rock, you know, eating normal animal fats is healthy for you. Um, you know, so, you know, dig it, check it out. It's, it's delicious stuff. Um, they just, they have so many different options on the menu, but the, the big Onesto is the one. It's you know bacon, eggs, American cheese, on a pretzel bun. So mm. that's my recommendation. I'm assuming that's yours. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and don't forget, it is a burger. There's a burger patty there too. So <laughs> yeah, and it's delicious. So yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely. Here after we're done today, I'll show Georgia some love and throw their uh, menu out on the Twitter site. Hopefully, we don't. Uh, I, I don't think they'll object, but I'll tag them. And That's see right. What they think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah. All that being said, I think uh, I think I'm good. You got any good plans this weekend? No, not a whole lot this weekend. It's going to be hanging around the house. It's one of the, the rare weekends that my wife doesn't have to work, so just be chilling around here. My son's on a on a trip with school, and 
a little bit more quieter around the house. Of course, my daughter's the loud one, so <laughs> nothing really changes there. My son just plays Xbox all day or sits on his computer. So <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. We're gonna go. Uh, I think we're gonna take my son to go see his first ever movie. We're gonna go see The Incredibles two. Cool. You have to let me know how that is. Yeah, I just watched the first one for the first time like a week ago or so, a couple weeks ago. Um, he really likes it, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was all right. Not not my favorite, you know, Disney Pixar movie, but um, I definitely would go see the second one. Right. Yeah, so. I, I've seen the first one years ago. My son he really loved it when he was younger. So and yeah, it's been it's been a pretty significant gap of time between those for the sequel. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. I think it came out in like 2001 or something or 2003. I mean, it, it was early two thousands. So, you know, right. it's been a while. Oh, maybe, uh, I should probably look this up cause I probably just totally butchered that, but, um, it, it's yeah, for it was, a sequel for a movie. It's been a while. Yeah, it definitely has been. Um, but it, it looks pretty interesting. I'm not sure. The first one came out in 2004, so I was close. You're really close, yeah. So 14 years ago. For for the animated kids movies, you know, one that I'm surprised that hasn't had a sequel come out yet because um, the first one made just a metric shit ton of money was Frozen, and that movie drives me absolutely fucking crazy because my daughter, (laughs) when it first came out, she was (laughs) the right perfect age, that perfect target audience, and... I heard those songs 10 times a day every fucking day. What do you mean, man? You don't like Frozen? Oh. Do you want to I... build a snowman? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> no. I, but but I, I, honestly, I'm shocked because it made so much money. I'm surprised. It, I don't know if it, the production is taking that long to make sure they get it right or what, but. I'm surprised they're not all over that. Oh, I'm sure they will be. They've been making all those like shorts and stuff and they play them before other movies. I think there was a big blow up over one of them recently. Wasn't there like, there was like a frozen short in front of another movie. I forget what movie it was. And everyone was pissed off because it was like 20 minutes long. They're like, just get to the damn movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty funny. Speaking of movies, did you see the Halloween trailer that came out? No, I have not watched it yet. Oh my god, dude. It looks amazing. It's going to be yeah. so good. I've been reading a lot about it, but I actually have not watched any of the trailers or any of the media on it yet. Ah, oh, dude. Okay. I'm going to send this to you right now. I think you need to watch this. It is phenomenal. Um, I... You know, like, you know, I'm like a massive Halloween fan. And so it, it was really funny because someone did put out a, uh, a video making fun of Halloween the other day. And it was about their, um, they have like just the most fucked up timeline of movies and sequels. And it makes like literally no sense. And they did like a parody of that. And it was pretty funny. But uh, this one, you know, we talked about it a little bit before. It's a direct sequel to the original. They, they're they basically retconning all the other ones and starting over. But in this movie, they're gonna. They have a lot of little subtle. Um, uh, they have some subtle references to to the sequels that exist. So it's it's pretty cool. Um, I think you should watch it, and we should do a live reaction. Yeah, we could do that. 
Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Actually, I just said yeah, it to you. You want to watch it? Yeah. Some of the articles that I've read, you know, they allude to those Easter eggs that you're talking about where I think the new mask has a has a hole in the side of the neck where he got stabbed with something in one of the sequels. It was in the first one. He got stabbed in the neck by a uh, sewing needle. Oof. Um, and so that's in there. And then he's missing an eye, I think, from when she, she poked him in the eye with his knife when he was trying to get her in the closet in the beginning. Um, that one was pretty good. Um, yeah, they, they got a lot of, a lot of cool stuff going on, but yeah, um, well, that's good stuff though. Uh, we'll check that out. Maybe next, next week we'll throw that on there or something, but it's, yeah. it was fantastic. I love that. Um, yeah. we could even look at it on our Thursday show figure out the logistics of a live reaction on this. We got some <laughs> going on with sound clips and making sure we grab the audio right. We don't want to we don't want to fudge it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So All right. Well, that being said, I think we're going to close out this week's show. Um hope you guys enjoy it. Give us a uh a subscription on iTunes, Overcast, Google Podcasts. We're out there now. Um we're on social media on Twitter at Podwhackers, on Instagram also Podwhackers. Um, anything else you got? No, I think I'm good for my side. Looking forward to the weekend. Sounds good, man. All right, everybody, have a good weekend. <laughs>